Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Lifestyle Architecture Lab. In this show, I talk about lifestyle design, financial freedom, and also dissect the process, behavior, and routines of the personalities who have designed a lifestyle of freedom for themselves. These guests range from artists, musicians, entrepreneurs, lifestyle coaches, investors, professional athletes, etc. These conversations dig deep into their stories to find out their thought process, tools, strategies and tricks that makes them tick. This is happening. Let me just do what I love to. No 9 to 5. Risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. This is Lifestyle Architecture Lab and I'm your host Himanshu Satsdeva. In this episode, I'm talking to Shubham Vanmali, who is an international ultra swimmer and has swam English Channel and many other prestigious swim races across the world. In this conversation, we talk about how he worked with his learning disability and became an international athlete. Now he's also working for this cause of mental health and related issues and spreading awareness about it. There are a lot of stories in this episode. If someone wants to pursue professional swimming as a career, this episode is a must-listen. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Shubham Vanmali. My man Shubham, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And I think we met the last time. Usually I, I do this as an audio show, but yes, yes. Uh, you gave the idea for the video show. So it's, it's great to... Uh, start off with you mm-hmm. and I think you can start off the story, uh, your story with the incident which you told me about your swim between the sharks in yes, Hawaii yes. and you were swimming for a lot of time uh, yes. with a paralyzed shoulder. <laughs> so what is that story all about? So what happened was um, I was in San Francisco mm-hmm. and I was training in San Francisco and we were supposed to swim the round trip angel island swim and which is one of the iconic swims and he the swim is supposed to be 16 kilometers it starts from the bay of san francisco goes around the island and comes back there and 16 kilometers you would expect like i have swam 16 kilometers before and it took me three hours 16 minutes and it was like max to max it will take me four hours but they warned me the currents are strong so like imagine that you'll be swimming for five hours or six hours so i was like okay fine my head was like 5-6 hours of swim and we go for the swim and I was scheduled to swim in Hawaii in 2 weeks the right. swim started off it went everything was going fine while coming back I was I was drifting away I was not able to reach my finishing point mm-hmm. and I was been drifting away and I ended up right underneath Golden Gate Bridge wow which <laughs> what which a was, way to go yeah. <laughs> see the Golden Gate yeah. Bridge <laughs> and it was like completely off my route so 
I was waiting at that spot and I was swimming against the current without um, making any progress. But I was at one place and I knew that the current will change eventually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's always flooding or it's ebbing. So once the flood starts, it will push me back to my finishing point. Right. And I kept that in mind. I was not ready to give up. And after a while, the current stopped. I started to make a progress. And then we ended up finishing the swim in 10 hours instead of 5 hours, mm-hmm. which was a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a shoulder injury before going for the swim. And once um, we, we did a lot of rehab and a lot of uh, medical things and shoulder was feeling better. But after the swim, my shoulder started giving some sensation. It was like going numb on mm-hmm. and off. Mm-hmm. And we were scheduled to swim Hawaii, like I said earlier. Yeah. And we took a chance. We went to Hawaii. And without get it getting proper recovery. recovered, yeah, because one and a half week, I guess, one and a half weeks to ah. Hawaii, and I made sure I'm not swimming too much before Hawaii, and because already a ten hour swim is insane. It must Those be exhausting. Swim. Yes, and we were predicting a Hawaii swim somewhere from fourteen to fifteen hours. Mm-hmm. So it's, it was supposed to be a really long swim, and we spoke to the pilot. We were looking for a good day, but we had only one slot where we had to go for it and we didn't like the weather was not great but we took our chances and we knew you know how hawaii is it's like for surfers it's for full it's full of wind and it's full of tiger sharks and we the moment we spoke to the pilot he was like yeah the this this is the day when you're supposed to swim mm-hmm. but the but over here is that my dad has to swim to the boat because there are no docks so oh. it's it's from one island to another. We flew to the island and we were supposed to start from the island. Mm-hmm. So if by coming, if we come by boat, it will make me nauseous. It will mm-hmm. make the crew nauseous. It's better I fly there and then come start the swim from there. Okay. So they said that there was no docks. So your father has to swim to the boat. Oh. So my father, like, I am a swimmer, but I'm not a great swimmer. I can't swim 100 meters at a stage that too in the sea. Yeah. So he was like, the pilot suggested, I'll send a kayaker. Mm-hmm. His son was the kayaker, one of the kayaker, and I'll send it to you, and he will come swimming, and you come back kayak. My father was like, okay. We went for the swim, and the swim was supposed to start around, I think, 7, 7.30, and which ended up delayed, like, which was delayed because of my, my flights getting delayed. Mm-hmm. And we started swim around 8.39, I guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the kayaker came in. He was sitting in the kayak and my dad came on the kayak. He was trying to sit on the kayak and my dad is not used to kayak. And my dad flips. The oh. moment he flips, something, I think the paddle or something hits my leg. And my leg opens up. Like just a slight... Cracks open small. Yeah, just a small slight of like like a cut. Mm-hmm. And it started bleeding. Mm-hmm. No one realized this. But you knew. I knew. I but knew you didn't tell anyone. Yes. Because I just wanted to start the swim. And... We, what we do is like, so the dad goes on the boat, he goes to the boat, he reaches the boat side and we start off the swim and I don't take a feed for first one hour mm. and I am scared at this point because no one on the boat knows that my leg You're is bleeding. Going. Yeah, I'm bleeding and they have this kayak beside me all the time and mm. the boat goes further away Right. and the kayak has a shark shield on the top. So the shark shield is like a rod mm-hmm. which has electric current to it. So yeah. whenever the shark touches it gets shocked right. and it runs away and so it's like the, a protection from sharks yes and the sun has now gone down now it's wow. pitch black 
it's absolute scary. scary yeah it it was scary and i was like i can't see anything right now and most scariest part is the, there are a lot of bioluminous planktons in the sea right the plants yeah. which illuminates in the night yes yes and the moment something touches it, it like it lights up lights yeah it lights up and i could see them getting lit up underneath me and it's like further deep and i know there is some fish underneath me wow <laughs> so it was very scary and one hour i i don't know how i managed it but we swam you faced your fear yes i faced my fear and i was like okay i'm i'm i have to tell this now to the crew yeah so they were like oh okay we'll attach another shark shield on the back of the boat so there were two rods electric rods mm-hmm. on front of the kayak on the back of the kayak and mm-hmm. they asked me to stay close to the kayak i was like okay that can be done yeah and i kept swimming very close to the kayak just swimming 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 and the currents are so big the waves are so big not the currents but the waves itself are so big that the kayak was coming on me and off where the moment the kayak touches me the electric rod also touches me mm. and it gives me an insane shock wow and i was trying to maintain my distance with the kayak for uh say 2 hours and 3 hours and 4 hours and my boat was coming in giving me feed going back my dad and we are in constant communication and my shoulder started to hurting i had some pain feelers while swimming and from the previous swim yes yeah. it started to lose sensation to go it went numb and my dad we, we started consuming painkillers mm-hmm. during the swim to avoid the pain and i think it was 6 7 hours yeah i think 7 hours in the water and my hand completely uh, uh, disconnects wow i don't feel any sensation in my right arm and it's like i i'm not able to pinch it i'm not able to do anything so i'm just swimming with my left arm like wow yeah <laughs> and so the kayaker goes like with what's happening so we had two kayakers one was the son of the pilot and the other one was an olympic kayaker from australia Mm-hmm. so she was in hawaii and she usually kayaks for the swimmers so she was like she was one of my kayak and she was like what's wrong with you why are you swimming with left arm and i like i can't feel my arm like okay go for it and now i'm not able to maintain the balance with the yeah, uh, with kayak. your one arm one arm yeah and the waves were so putting me off balance that mm-hmm. i was coming really close to the kayak mm-hmm. and the electric shocks were really um, hitting me hard and one point i went so away from the kayak i was 25 meters away from the kayak there is no light around us there's just one glow stick mm-hmm. and the kayaker was having in like crazy difficulties spotting me in the water wow because it's pitch dark You're completely swimming yeah, in the dark in the dark and i am not able to spot kayaker at this point like oh my god and then again we meet and i'm swimming with left arm and then my father comes in the boat again comes in and my dad goes like why is he swimming with left arm <laughs> he is just like what's happening over here and then he's like what what's wrong with him like, i can't feel my right arm mm-hmm. and my dad is like so what do you think we should do and i was like keep swimming and he's like no <laughs> way you don't want to give up yeah i i didn't want to give up at all i was like it's with it's lot of things involved it's lot of uh emotional aspect has a lot of financial aspects right. and a lot of people are praying for me mm-hmm. and a lot of people are hope like having hopes on this swim yeah. and I was not able to give up and he's like if you swim with both arms it's going to take you another 8 to 9 hours to finish the swim imagine how many hours it will take you with one arm 
Yeah. So I think it's better to yes, come back some other exactly. day. Exactly. So he's like, it's it's enough is enough. Get out of the water. And I got out of the water, and my I couldn't feel my arm for next two days. And oh my god. Yeah. But you live to fight another day. So yeah. yeah. It was one of the experiences. Open water swimming is all about uncertainty. Yeah. Anything can happen any moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, amazing story. I think yeah. this story you can tell to your grandchildren. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, uh, rolling back a little, uh, can you also tell us about your childhood, how uh, it all started, the right. swimming part? Mm-hmm. So, um, as a kid, I had asthma at start. Asthma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So doctor suggested us to swim actually, and oh. uh, they suggested me to swim, <coughs> and I was like, um, I I was very young, and my family like they my father works in Bharat Petroleum, mm-hmm. so they have this club swimming pool in Chembur. So we used to go weekends just to have fun and play, and I used to go there like every other kid, but my only motivation to go there was. the omelet pav we used to get in the canteen over there so they used to bribe me with the omelet pav and that's what used to make me like okay i'll come for the swim so my motivation to start swimming was the omelet pav <laughs> and i still go there i still have that actually mm-hmm. so we used to, we used to go every uh, weekends and right. then uh, after a couple of years uh, i think it must be when i was be around fifth or fourth standard mm-hmm. i think earlier than that and there was this mission 2010 mm-hmm. in nerul jimkhana so this concept is it was a really great initiative by nerul jimkhana where they were adopting kids adopting in the sense like for as sports right so they were picking kids from the multiple battery tests mm-hmm. and selecting them for various sport and i was selected in football at first oh, okay and the thing they used to do is they used to sponsor everything Mm. from the coaches to the kid to everything so which is i don't think anyone does it till date it's very rare to work on the foundation mm-hmm. but people work on the people who have already achieved right but no one works on the foundation on the base so this was a very rare that to back in 2004 uh, i guess 4 or 5 wow yeah. so the mission 2010 started in 2004, 2004 and yes and the mission 2010 was i think 2005 or 6 if i'm not wrong and the mission 2010 was to build athletes for 2010 commonwealth games mm-hmm. and i was one of the uh, players in football but the kids were elder to me 2 3 years elder to me and at that age 2 3 years elder means huge gap huge gap yeah and the, it was the entire team i was not fitting in the team Mm-hmm. so they asked me which other sport do you play right so i was like i play uh, i'm i can swim and that too from the swims i used to do in the club like okay then we'll put you in the swimming and that's how kind of in a way professionally the swimming started for me not professionally but yeah we i got a proper path right and my dad was one of the um, founder members in gymkhana and he was in the community uh, committee for the 2010 ga- mm-hmm. uh, this thing uh, initiative and it started off well and then i was a very average you can say or kind of yeah average would be the right word a very average swimmer i wasn't a really fast swimmer or really great swimmer and nothing like i was i had genetics in me that to become a great swimmer and 
I used to just go every day. It used to be fun. It used to be a life away from school. Mm-hmm. So every day school and then evening I had this another life in swimming pool, where I used to get to explore myself. So I started going there and around I think around eighth or ninth standard, till eighth or ninth standard I was a kid who was really bad at sports. I was bad at studies. I was I was not really an artist also. So I was that kid who teacher would usually call good for nothing, and. Somewhere around eighth or ninth standard, they discovered after the movie Tare Zameen Par that I had dyslexia and dysgraphia, oh, and ADHD also. So we saw the movie, and my mom and dad were like, "Oh, there is something known as this dyslexia or dysgraphia. We have to do the test." Mm-hmm. We did the test, and around ninth standard, we came to know that I had dyslexia and dysgraphia. Wow! And we started to work on it. Then it it might have connected yes. back that yes. why you were not able to perform. Exactly. So it was like it. It's it's a it's a very controversial thing, dyslexia, learning disability in general. Right. But because it's not necessary that a dyslexic child cannot score well. Mm-hmm. Because I know some kids who are dyslexic, who are clinically dyslexic, and who have scored ninety five percent in tenth, mm-hmm. and it does affect and it doesn't affect. So it's it's like it's a spectrum yes, disorder, right? Yes. So some yes. people have some other things. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. and for me it was affecting my studies and it was affecting my sports also because it was lack of communication it was lack of understanding and expressing mm-hmm. so whenever coach used to tell me something i was i had lack of understanding and lack of expressing myself mm-hmm. so that's how i was you know, average or below average kid but once we came to know the problem we started to work on it and we started to work on it and we started to do a lot of counseling i started to go to ipas institute of psychological health mm-hmm. where i t- till date i go there and for sports counseling counseling yeah mm-hmm. first i used to go there for my study counseling and then we discovered that they have sports counseling too my okay. dad was like oh i think you should visit that too yeah. and that's when we were dis- uh, introduced to dr anand nadkani who runs the foundation mm-hmm. and that really was a turning point in my life and after that boom it was like the life was changed life was changed yeah i started to get medals i started really swimming really really well so that was the similar time when you drifted to words swimming yes yes okay. yes and um that was the time i was already swimming but that was the time when i was like okay now i am i am loving this yeah, yeah. i am i am like started enjoying yes, it yes yes i already enjoyed it but I, now i'm enjoying i like enjoying winning also Yeah. So this is that fun. matters. Yeah, that also matters at time. Yeah. And yes, I started to get that competitive nature in me. So I'm still not very competitive person, but yeah, this started to develop slowly, slowly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's how my swimming journey began in general. Wow. Yeah. So from a dyslexic child, <laughs> yes, you got into uh, counseling, and then yes, yes, you finally shot it off on your path to yes. swim. Yes. Right. And yeah. Till date, I go to my sports counselor because. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yes, you need to have a someone else's perspective also in life, right. and the sports counselor really helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doctor like Shubangi ma'am has been with me like most of my swimming career, almost last decade probably. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. So I think yeah. in Indian society specifically, there is a lot of stigma around mental health. Yes, I mean this is part of mental health. I recently wrote an article also mm-hmm. about that. So. Uh, i also have some close friends who were like in 
rehabilitation mm-hmm. because they had some like o- severe ocd cases okay. and um, adhd mm-hmm. and i also have one friend uh, she's named as sayuri dalvi mm-hmm. uh, and her child is also having uh, uh, adhd related mm-hmm. spectrum disorder right. so i got to learn uh, very much about uh, dyslexia and adhd and the mm-hmm. spectrum uh, disorders from her and she used to organize she still organizes every year one run which is called autism run so oh yes yeah. yes on in the autism awareness month yes yes yes, yes i have yes. heard about that so yes. we every year we run right, that right, and right. Uh, that's how we got to know about this i was not aware what exactly oh, okay, this okay, spectrum okay, okay. disorder is right so from there i got to know and i think th- there is a lot of stigma when even you open up about it with the friends and family yeah. so they don't understand what is exactly exactly it's still been uh, it's like a taboo in society taboo till date yeah. even yeah. after so much of awareness mm-hmm. like parents are not ready to open up about the child having yeah. something like this for me my parents were really vocal about it mm-hmm. and they and at the same time they never made me feel outcasted also yeah that's yeah. more important yeah they never made me feel like oh i am i have something they were mm-hmm. like i it was like the moment they came to know the moment counseling start nothing really directly changed mm-hmm. everything was normal for me yeah i never felt something happened something revolutionary happened it all was very smooth it mm-hmm. was like if i do something wrong dart padti thi mujhe bhi like i have literally forgotten an entire guitar like a huge ass guitar in my purse wow <laughs> so i used to be all over the place <laughs> and yeah i have done certain mistakes so i was been treated like i was treated as a normal child yeah and yeah so I that's kids with these disorders or they need more attention and that's what they should get yeah, yeah, without yeah. the stigma and the yes, taboo yes. from the society and more importantly the family i think yes that's true that's right. true so uh, coming back to your swimming career so what was your first ever open water swim so uh, my first ever open water swim was in ratnagiri mm-hmm. so it was first time we getting in the water and my first ever ultra long distance open water swimming was something else the ratnagiri one was kind of an eye opener for everyone like what is it the open water so it was i think i'm not sure it was the first time they were hosting it or not but i was in the open water for the first time so it was an event yeah it was a race it was a proper race uh-huh. and it was i think 5 km race it was in a canal or something oh uh, yeah you can say that it was a canal or river it's yeah. a very I don't remember exactly what it was, it was Canal or River, yeah. but it, it was like 6 kilometers, you have to swim and there are like 40-50 participants at one go and believe me, open water racing is a brutal, it's brutal, it's, it's completely like a war, people are hitting each other, people uh-huh. are pulling their legs, I was completely unaware of this, we jump in and I just, it's like, like imagine it's a small uh, starting point where there are 40-50 Huge men just standing in line, just to rip apart each other, and there's a little kid standing in between them, like going as far as open water swim. You were uh, of what age at um, back then? I think I was 16 or 15. <laughs> yeah, I guess 15. And people just rammed me. People just rammed me. They just started to push me off and just swam. And I was scared to dive also because they were diving over people. Oh my God. This was probably by surprise that I came sixth. Wow. wow! And I was like, whoa, that was that's an achievement. And 
it is just an amazing time we had in the movie we loved this film and it was very smooth and very um, i love the feeling of being in the open mm -hmm. and then that first open of the ultra long film was done that we gave Oh. It, it was completely full of fog. 
And just because the navigation system you were able to go on the right path um it's actually the uh, pilots are they are really old the main pilot was really old and he's really one of the senior most pilot around he yeah. knows the water in and out like he knows every single location in that area yeah so he's that confident and the moment the fog hit it like we we go by the coast right so we know the person knows where we are but the moment the fog hit us we were blind we were completely blind yeah so was the other boat blind because they couldn't spot us yeah we could we could we were able to make calls but they were not able to spot us and it's early in the morning at the yeah dawn. exactly and we end up going near the refinery rig Yeah. the oil rig uh, inside once you go from gateway yeah i we can see it yes yes yeah. so we ended up over there we were supposed to go over here to the gateway of india we went the other way around off the course yes completely off the course fine and that's when i could sense the tension on the boat like i said earlier your senses kind of elevate and you kind of start to realize what's, what's happening, happening around yeah and what's people what are people going through and people are worried they were worried the where are we and my father was my father was the only one who was like head strong he's always been that kind of a person where he'll be the confident one on the boat and he has his head in the game completely so he was like come on come on don't don't worry don't worry this and that and I was swimming but i could sense that fear on in the boat and i knew something is wrong and i knew i'm off the record we never aimed the record but, but it was good to have good to have yes something it was not beaten for years and years and we went off the course then somehow we managed to find the uh, location and it rained it rained it rained on 21st january wow how like how can it rain on 21st january it, it was like something insane and people were already at the gateway who were waiting for us there was i think more than 100 people waiting on the uh, gateway of india to so welcome to, you yeah to welcome me my college was there uh people from my dad's office were there mm-hmm. and police were there wow. because we have to take coastal permission right. and everything and they, everyone wanted to see the swim so, so you have to get the permission from the yes. mayor of the city um i'm not sure but i think we need to get permission of coast guards navy and bmc and uh, no, no not bmc it doesn't come under that BPP, bombay port trust bombay port trust okay. yes yes all right yeah and everyone was there and it was amazing and somehow i managed to finish that swim on this part like the swim kind of made me realize that the mental fatigue in this swim is insane because the water is so salty because of the pollution it's it's like uh, something you can't imagine so around the gateway it must be it's worse it's so it's anyway it's bad at the start itself because it's all murky if you Im- imagine you're in the water and you keep your arm this close to your face till you won't be able to see your palm this, this that's that muddy yes and it's my nose are filled with it my ears are filled with it oh my god and <laughs> you can't think about that at that yeah. point i finished the swim off and there were so many people to receive me it was a great feeling and but that made me really strong for my english channel and other swims mm-hmm. because i that mental fatigue was insane and that made me really strong mentally because we were not knowing where we are going I don't think that's kind of possible in that's not possible in English channel it won't be a point where we won't be knowing where we are going right it would either that we, I'll make it or I'll not make it it won't be like oh we are lost we are lost so because there is a lot of support and yeah. the course is clean yeah then it's exactly uh, and um 
we faced a lot of dolphins. Dolphins? Yeah. In India? Yes. Dharamthar to Yes, yes. Oh so it, it started raining, right? Hmm. And this dolphin started popping. I never, I didn't see any dolphins around me. Yeah. But the people on the boat saw dolphins. I think they have videos also. Wow. Yeah. It was surprised. I was like, wait, what? I, I wasn't knowing there are dolphins over here. <laughs> but yeah. The good vibe. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's how my first open water swim was. Like the ultra long distance. Yeah. Yes, but the, in, the experience in India, as you described, there is yeah. a lot of plastic in the mm. in the waters and a lot of uh, dirt and yes. the water is basically not clean as it's in the it's uh, outside countries. Right? Yes, yes, it's it's very polluted. It's um, very muddy. Mm-hmm. At the end of the gateway, believe me, when I was finishing the swim, it got so worse that I could smell people taking showers on the boats around. Oh my god. And I could smell people doing their <laughs> after shot thing. Like yeah. they, it's it's just stinking. Unspeakable yes, yes. <laughs> it was just stinking and it you could see the layer of oil while swimming. Oh. And yeah, it was that bad. After the swim I don't think I was able to eat properly for a week. Wow. My throat was completely swollen. swollen. I couldn't uh, swallow anything solid. Because yeah. of the water and the dirt. And yeah. No matter how much you try to not gulp in water mm-hmm. while swimming, yes, you do gulp in a lot of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Alright. And so, uh, coming back to your childhood, so uh, can you tell a little more about your academics? Uh, so, mm-hmm. in which directions your academics went? Because no. you had a thriving career of like right, swimming. Right, so, right. How did you manage to pass through the academic hurdles? So, uh, I was very fortunate Mm -hmm. to have a good support system. Like my family and like the colleges I was in. They they were uh, really supportive towards my academics and my swimming actually. So, I was, I purposely took admission in Tevna Junior College. Mm -hmm. Where my principal was Hina Samani ma'am. And... Till date, she has been a driving force in my entire journey. Path. Yeah, yeah. And I was allowed to uh, miss lectures, but she used to make sure that I have been taught after school by oh, the teachers. Wow. Yes. And that's that was, like I told you earlier, that was a turning point in my life when I was being detected, things started changing after 10th. And after counselling. Yeah, after counselling. Then 11th, 12th happened with Hina ma'am. And yeah. Hina ma'am was super supportive towards this. And after that also, we had um, we had one more principal in my degree college. Who, her name was uh, Dao ma'am. And she's no more. She passed away in my second year. But she was super supportive. Mm-hmm. And she, she also was really a major driving force in my degree college days and my I did my science I did 12 science then I went for BMS and yeah I've done my BMS now so as of now you have done BMS yes and yes yeah swimming professionally yeah and I've been doing a lot of talking and I've been doing a lot of um, I've been spreading a lot of awareness about learning disability and um, all the major f- major disabilities people can have and how you can face that. Mm-hmm. It's like what um, my English Channel swim, my Gibraltar swim, all my swims are basically dedicated to kids suffering from learning disability. Mm-hmm. And it's just to spread out a message that if I can do it, if a kid like me can do it, so can you. Yeah. I was completely hopeless. And 
when I was like, if I can emerge from that and do something big, so can your kid or so can you do it. So that's a very simple message I'm trying to put out there in the world. And like every child is special. Mm-hmm. You need to identify what he's good at and work right. on it. So that's what I have been doing right now. Yeah, yeah, I think the main part is the support which you get as a yeah. uh, child which are like suffering from this disorder. Yes. And the path, like you should be able to try out different paths yes, yes. and choose like where exactly. you are good at. Exactly. If, if I was having, if my parents were having orthodox mentality, mm-hmm. even in sports, I wouldn't have really deflected towards uh, open water swimming. Mm-hmm. It's very important to have an open mind and trying new things right. and that's what I try to tell out there that yeah. try to find what's best for you mm-hmm. yeah great and as you are one of the youngest uh, male swimmers in the world who have crossed English channel so uh, what was your experience like uh, while doing that uh, I think it was back in 2014 so yeah. itself yes yeah. so I was the male youngest male swimmer in 2014 mm-hmm. And it's not like I was youngest male swimmer till date. I was just in 2014, yeah. yeah. Of course. So, that in the, it was a very different experience. And it's very controversial also. <laughs> so, I was there for two months. Two I, months? Yes, I went before time, like I before uh, my swim. Yeah, just to cut you a little, uh, just to give the context to the audience, can mm-hmm. you talk a little more about what exactly is that swim, the English yes. channel, which yes. is like yes. very important for yes. every... Yes open water swimmer yes so english channel is a swim from england to france england to france yes mm-hmm. it starts from uh, Fuxton to calais either it starts from dover to calais or Fuxton to calais depends on where your boat starts from mm-hmm. and it's a swim with a completely unpredictable weather conditions oh no matter what your forecast like forecast is it will surprise you believe me it will surprise you while you swim because it's never, it can, can't be predicted. Mm-hmm. And um, if you ever speak to any of the sailors, they will tell you the real English, English yeah. Channel because they face face it other, every other day. And it's one of the busiest shipping lane in the world. Oh. So there are massive tankers going across every now and then. And the swim is extremely difficult because of its uncertain climatic like uh, weather changes correct and the temperature the water temperature can differ it can go from 13 degrees celsius to somewhere around i don't know it, it, at times it goes to nine but there are all cold spots in between so it drops yeah it drops crazy in between because the ice is still melting and everything and either it can, if you are having a good day, it can go to 14, 15. Mm-hmm. And it's like a pleasant water condition. Um, it's still not pleasant. Still For, not pleasant. Yeah, 14, 15 is good enough to put you in hypothermia. Oh. Yes. Um, oh. Yeah, it depends from body to body, believe me. Mm-hmm. 14, 15 is good enough for a hypothermia. Wow. And yeah, mm-hmm. hypothermia is one of the major danger uh, in open water, in open water swim. swims. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of jellyfishes. A lot yeah. of jellyfishes. And the tough part about the swim and the most trickiest part about the swim is the race starts at the end. Mm-hmm. The real deal begins at the end because you start off good, you have current, so it's a cross current. Mm-hmm. So uh, water is coming from here, water is coming from here and the current goes like this, up and down and up and down. So you don't swim the 35 kilometers. You swim up 
down, up, and you finish the point. So it goes on a forty, fifty. Depends on wow. what uh, chart you make. Depends on the waves. <laughs> yeah, completely depends on the waves. And um, the like I said, the race starts at the end. Is because you go up, down, and you follow your graph, your pilot, whatever call he takes. During the end, there is a cross current. Mm-hmm. At the end, if you are able to manage to pass that, you won. But imagine swimming for twelve hours. Depends on swimmer to swimmer. Some swimmers take twenty hours to finish that swim. Some swimmers take nine to ten hours to finish that swim, depending on a good day or bad day. Also, mm-hmm. imagine swimming for that many hours, and at the end the current picks up. <coughs> it's it's like it's very difficult at the end of the swim. So if you make that, you are a winner. Yeah. So yeah. similar to marathons, like in running. Yes. So the exactly. last mile is the most important. Yes. So you basically swim against the current at the end. Wow. And it's completely pushing you off 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 and if you go any further off and it goes back. Many of the times the current goes back in the channel and if you are in a shipping lane the pilot might call the swim off. I've seen mm. I've seen swimmers go straight and slowly so the current picks up and the person is going back. Wow. It's going like this Drift and back. drifting back to the shipping lane. Imagine the feeling of swimming for sixteen to seventeen hours and then drifting back. It's insane. And then swim being called off. Yes, yes. Sometimes. Yeah, it ninety percent of the times the swim will how be called you, off. How did you get through that? So, uh, like I said, I was there for two months. Mm-hmm. I was training uh, every other day, and first uh, I remember getting in the water the first day. It was seven minutes in the water, mm-hmm. max I could do. Wow. The day I land, the day I start swimming, seven minutes. So you were doing some acclimatization there. Yeah, my, uh, we call it a uh, what we call a swimmer's claw. Mm-hmm. So the arms go like this, hands go like this because of frozen fingers. Mm-hmm. Frozen and, fingers. Yeah, and your face starts hurting, your body's hurting. Imagine there are needles all over your body. It's wow. that cold. And after the uh, first day, I went back home. I tried to process it, and. I was like, I was talking to my mom, and we didn't really speak about how was the water. I was like, it's okay, I can manage. Mm-hmm. Second day, I again go, I swim for fifteen minutes. Third day, I go, I swim for thirty minutes. Fourth day, I go, I swim for one hour, and then again I drop it down, taper it down till Saturday, and Sunday I recover. Again next week, I start from forty-five minutes. Second day, I go for one hour, one hour thirty minutes, two hours, and then again drop it down. I remember the last uh, like long training session I did before the swim. I think it was one week away from my uh, actual swim. Actual swim. I did. Uh, I think two weeks away. I did four hours first day on Monday. I did um, five hours on Tuesday. I did eight hours on Wednesday. Then I again came down to five hours on Thursday. Four hours, two hours, and Sunday easy. Mm-hmm. So that was my training schedule for a week wow. that day, and I was that okay with the water because every day I had to push a little, mm-hmm. slow progress but a good progress. Yeah. It was making me more comfortable with the water, and everyone had like everyone had like this question mark that he is such a skinny kid. I was a very skinny eighteen year old kid. Mm-hmm. It was difficult for me to put on a lot of fat, and I was not really okay with putting on a lot of fat. I was like, I think I can acclimatize with this physique really? also. Yeah. And I I was able I was comfortable with the water by then, mm-hmm. and I was able to generate that uh, 
what you call heat heat and energy yes yes so when the swimming day came we were waiting for two weeks mm-hmm. and we get the slot mm-hmm. so english channel is all about the slots it's like um, you get seven days and luckily i was the only swimmer in my slot and the swimmer earlier to me had to call off because of some shoulder injury that's very common among open water swimmers yeah so we had to call off then i got two weeks in front of me and we selected the best day the pilot selected the best day and i think there were 12 swimmers out that day and everyone was expecting a good weather mm-hmm. everyone knew that according to forecast and according to the current conditions first two hours is going to be really brutal mm-hmm. the waves are going to be around 5 meters or something and after that it's going to be a very smooth sail mm-hmm. after two hours so i was like okay i can manage that first two hours and then everything will be fine and we start off the swim with the bad conditions i'm swimming 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 and two hours in i had an injury on my right hamstring while training mm-hmm. around eight hours when i was doing eight hours swim i had some injury on my hamstring mm-hmm. where the hamstring tendon was ruptured so we came to know that it was ruptured later it was on. ruptured yes mm-hmm. we came to know that later on but oh, back then something is wrong with my like that's all i knew. that's all you know i was having trouble walking and i knew that i have to do swim on a painkiller that's what that was for sure and we started the swim one hour in crazy water just hitting me on and off i had a painkiller two hours in it's still manageable now i was like they told me Two hours and then the weather gets better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weather is not getting better. Two hours, thirty minutes in, three hours in, and that's when my hamstring just is not working. The pain, the pain in, kicked in. Yes, the pain kicked in. The painkiller wore off, and the pain was so immense that it just could. I this was not working at all. So I was not kicking with my right leg, and I was just swimming with my arms, and my left leg was just flicking. Just mm-hmm. one kick, and. Four hours in the water, weather is getting worse at this point. Like I was like that point, I had to make my like mind that okay, this is the weather I'll have to swim in, mm-hmm. and I cannot uh, think of having a good weather now. And just make a peace with it and start swimming. Just right. not think about the this. What worse can it get? It can't get worse than this. Mm-hmm. I'll just swim with it. So swimming, 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 and five hours in and. I was taking my feed on fifth hour. While taking the feed, so every hour I was taking feed back then. And my dad passes me a bottle. I get the bottle. I drink or I eat, and then I throw it back. At this point, I was eating something. I guess yeah, I was eating something. I was eating the chocolate, and the waves were so. It was so turbulent in that point that the board just came onto me, and the propeller hit my left leg. Oh my god! It, it hit hard. At that point, it hit hard, and it just. So it, you know that sensation where it hits so hard that you don't feel it. Mm-hmm. That it was like that, and I couldn't say this on the boat because one of the rules in the swims are that if you make a contact with the boat, it's a direct disqualification. Oh, so I was like, zip it, zip it now. I can't say anything, and my dad realized that my leg is sinking now. Mm-hmm. But both the legs are not working. I start swimming again. And my both the legs are not working. I'm just on my arms. On your arms. Around, I think I was getting hit by jellyfishes from the start 
on and off but at 6 star when i was right in between the english channel not even in england not even in france right in between the shipping lane there were hell lot of jellyfishes mm-hmm. and they were just three stroke and a shock three stroke wow. four stroke and a shock the jellyfishes are brutal over there and um it's not lions mean but i forgot the breed they are but it's one of the jellyfish yeah it not deadliest but it hurts stings yeah lucky to have an indian skin that it doesn't show on me mm-hmm. but if i was someone <laughs> american white then skin, it, white skin then it would have been all red, over red, the red. place yes but i was getting hit on every stroke mm-hmm. and around 10 hours in the water and i was doing this till 10 hour on my physical strength Mm-hmm. and after 10 hours it was completely like no matter what happens either i collapse in the water while swimming or weather is so bad that the pilot has to pull me out but i'm not going to say i quit and mm-hmm. i was just swimming and my dad was asking me are you okay at every feed mm-hmm. we i think we shot down the feed to 30 minutes from one hour because i needed a lot of energy and he was talking to me and at this point i wasn't replying Mm-hmm. I was just like thumbs up. I was not talking. And that's when hypothermia was starting to kick in. So hypothermia is like you have to produce energy, you have to produce that heat. Yeah. For producing heat, you need that energy. Right. For energy, you need like lot of uh, intake. Right. And at that point my body had zero energy in me. Mm-hmm. So I was not able to produce the heat. My speed dropped down and I was just swimming. My arms were going because mentally I was like I have to finish the swim. Mm-hmm. and i was slowly slowly going into hypothermia my eyes were rolling up i was feeling little drowsy at this point your mind uh, stops working yeah it doesn't stop working but you don't realize what's happening around mm-hmm. you you just go like you feel sleepy at that point consciousness reduces yes consciousness completely reduces that point mm-hmm. and um i think 11 hours in 12 hours in and i think around 11:30 i was at that point where it the uh, cross current comes in oh that so last mile last mile that's when it just has to like you have to push the gear mm-hmm. and i was i could see the finish but i have i was this was the biggest step for anyone who's going for english channel that's like you never see the finish point you never never lift your head and never see where you are swimming mm-hmm. because it's a complete uh, mirage it's it's like uh, it will it will feel like it's in a kilometer or two but you will be at the start of the swim it looks that close wow you see the white cliffs from the start of the swim mm-hmm. so never see it it will always make you feel that you are close but why is it not coming the mirage so, feeling yes that mirage feeling so i knew that i don't have to see up so i yeah. was just keeping my head down just swimming and swimming and slowly slowly going unconscious and i i was like shit i have to finish this and i'm so close but i don't want to uh faint also at this point mm-hmm. and then the pilot stops me and the pilot goes like uh the, my bag i had this plastic bag and he's like take this you have to go and collect the sand you are going to stop over here and so you, you are finished it you are very close to the swim i'm not finished it yet uh-huh. i'm a kilometer away from the finish ah. it's like the boat can't go there because of the rocks mm-hmm. and i was like uh, i'm not i'm not in my senses like, okay and i'm really like i'm not sure that whether i'll be able to finish it at this point because i am really going unconscious mm. i take my feet i start pushing it and somehow at 12 hours 42 minutes i finish off this swim and manage to stand up with both the legs not working wow and yeah that was one of the biggest um, this like the, the biggest 
like first of my biggest uh, achievements, achievements and the toughest uh, thing in my life i have ever done the, and, and the most emotional yeah emotionally yes i was very much i'm uh, very much attached to that swim my dad i think we were talking about this yesterday itself mm-hmm. he was just uh, sitting on dinner we were just talking and he's like i can't imagine what we went through and how we did that sir it mm-hmm. just gives me goosebumps like that is it just gives yeah, me listening to you is giving yeah. me goosebumps <laughs> <laughs> so during the swim the only person who was stand still was my father mm-hmm. and was my uh, pilot mm-hmm. and his assistant mm-hmm. my mother was puking because the wave, it was so turbulent that mm-hmm. she was less puking my sister was completely puking my sister was a stage of being unconscious wow. because she had no food in her stomach but she was puking it's like she was puking all the acid out like mm-hmm. there was nothing there in the stomach to puke right she was drinking water she's puking the observer of the swim himself was puking oh my As god once or twice he puked right in front of me i could see him puke in the water like oh shit and then how cannot how you cannot puke yeah, yeah exactly and yeah that was one of the really tough challenges but swim was done and i was i really put in a lot of my efforts in that swim after coming out of the water mm-hmm. i'm so connected to food i tell you like <laughs> i got out of the water and i'm like completely if you see my english channel video it's like i my hands are not getting up to lift the flag my mm-hmm. hands are so tired yeah. they're yeah, just yeah. falling off again and again yeah. Yeah. and i lift my hands up do the everything and then i sit down and i, I asked my dad like okay so i need something from you now so dad is like scared now like kya mangega ye abhi he's done something big he'll obviously ask for something big <laughs> and i just go like once i go to india i want to have the chicken lolly from from saidarwar <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh god wow. he, he keeps telling on that story to everyone the small things are so big <laughs> yes yes so that's how i really connect to food <laughs> from wow. omelet pao to chicken omelet lollipop omelet pao yes. and the chicken lollipop <laughs> yes, yes wow <laughs> so uh, we have done all these marathon swims big swims and ultra swims so which one was the most beautiful experience mm. and which one was the most deadliest experience where you faced something very deadly so um i'll start with deadliest swim this that um, i was swimming the north channel mm-hmm. from england to france mm-hmm. and um, so not from england to france it was from um, ireland to scotland yeah it's right above the english channel okay so right above the english channel means much colder mm-hmm. and they have lions mane around so lions mane is a kind of jellyfish it's one of the uh, species of jellyfish which are very very uh, they hurt a lot believe mm-hmm. me than the normal jellyfish lions mane yeah lions mane mm-hmm. people fear them Mm-hmm. open water swimmers fear them and we i was there for a while and i did a lot of races in ireland i won a lot of open water races in ireland and um after that we i started off the swim me and there was another swimmer called atila atila yeah atila and he is a swimmer from hungary we didn't really have a good day we knew that we were second swimmers in our slot so every swimmer has two to three swimmers uh, every slot has two to three swimmers okay we both were second swimmers in our slot and we got the second best day mm-hmm. so the entire day which was not really good 
but we had no option. I had my flight to catch. He had his flight to catch. We were there for months. Even he was there to acclimatize. And we start off our swim. And what happened was, um, we both. I'm I'm not very competitive, but in a way, yes, I am little uh, competitive. Competitive. Yeah. You have to be. Yeah, I have to be at some point. Sportsmen have to be a little competitive. Yes. But this sport is completely non-competitive sport. You're swimming alone. Yeah. And. Attila and me started to swim together. Now Attila is a world record holder for Molokai Channel, the channel in Hawaii, mm-hmm. and he is one of the fastest to ever do this swim. Crazy fast, crazy fast. That timing is something which is you can say unbeatable. Wow. And we have trained together, and I was like, wow, it would be fun to swim with him, and I would give him a tough fight. Like I knew, like why not? What's the harm in trying? Yeah. So we start off the swim together. He has his own boat. I have my own boat, and we just start off the swim. We know the weather is not going to be very pleasant, mm-hmm. but we have to do work with what we have. Yeah. And the weather was getting brutal. But at this point, my head was like looking at Attila, and it's like I forgot about the weather and everything. I was just pushing it, and he was also pushing it, and we were just swimming close by together, and we were just further apart, but. I could see his boat. He could see my boat. We couldn't like actually see Visually each other. Visually see each other. Yeah, but, yeah, but we know where the we boats are. Yeah. Where you were. So we swim first hour. We swim second hour. We swim third hour, and we are just kicking it and kicking it. And um, I think around six hours in, and there were a lot of linesmen around. Mm-hmm. Lot of linesmen. They were just hitting, and stinging. I couldn't. Yeah, stinging. I couldn't dodge them also, mm-hmm. and. Um, I think somewhere around uh, sixth or seventh hour, I could uh, see him just little bit drift apart, mm-hmm. and he was just going behind, mm-hmm. and I, I was like, "Oh, that's unusual." At this point, I haven't seen sun yet. Like it was surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, day has already started a long ago. We started swim around six a.m. I guess, mm-hmm. or or further before that, I think five a.m. or something. And I haven't seen sun. It was a grey sky that day, mm-hmm. and in cold water swims, a sun plays a very important role. Mm-hmm. A heat on your back gives the warmth. It always gives the warmth. It fe- it's an amazing feeling at mm-hmm. the cold water. But when there is no sun, there's cold winds blowing. It's pathetic day. It's pathetic, and we were just swimming it in. And um, I was I I didn't really keep any reserves. I was. Pushing it and going all out. Going all out. Why not? It was like that mentality. Why not? And I see Attila go slowly, slowly behind, and around seventh or seventh hour, I couldn't see him at all. He's mm. further way behind. Around seventh or seven or thirty minutes, I see a chopper fly by. Mm-hmm. A uh, ambulance chopper fly by oh. above us. And around eighth hour, I while I was feeding, I came to know that. The uh, uh, Attila was picked up because of hypothermia. Oh, he, he got was, hypothermia. Yeah, he was he was completely unconscious. They had to flew him to uh, Scotland, mm-hmm. and he was swimming completely off the cur- like against the current and everything. Obvious, like energy must have gone. Hypothermia must have kicked in. It's colder than English Channel. It's insane kind of uh, efforts, mm-hmm. and I sh- I was like, okay, that's. That's something I didn't expect, but I'll keep on going doing my swim. I had on my boat. I had the pilot. My parents were not there for the mm-hmm. swim. Mm-hmm. I I preferred going alone because it's a lot of 
uh, one more person if is added in the team it adds additional cost right. so the budget goes twice so it, it it was the first time you went without them yes it was the first time i went without them mm-hmm. and i had uh, the observer who was really close to me and he he i was there at his house also for a while and great guy is the head observer of irish long distance swimming association his wow. name was uh, gary mm-hmm. and <coughs> the crew was someone i met just a week before okay <coughs> and she was also an amazing lady captain of irish water polo team and um she was also attempting a north channel in after a few weeks and uh, as a relay their team was doing a north channel so they were my great crew members they were supporting me um after uh, 12 hours i think 11 hours 11 hours my energy started dropping i was not knowing where i am my it's like i told you during the english channel how it kicks in signs of hypothermia yeah and this signs were crazy my back was blue my the one of the signs of back goes blue your lips goes blue oh. and you don't really respond to anything people say and you it's very difficult to have a conversation at all you just don't understand blabbering, blabbering yes blabbering is one of the mm. major the yeah, signs yeah, yeah. and i think it was um, 13 hours in the water 12 12 hours 40 minutes when gary jumped in the water mm-hmm. i i'm saying this like this because i for me i was not in the senses but i remember someone jumping and it was scary mm-hmm. and he was swimming next to me and my stroke rate dropped to a level where i wasn't moving i was my arms were moving i wasn't moving mm-hmm. and gary is next to me gary has to literally do breast stroke to stay with me he doesn't he can't swim because he's one pool and he goes ahead mm. so one of the rules for someone pacing is like you can't go further away from him. Right. like you can't be ahead of him that's pacing mm-hmm. you have to be behind him or with the swimmer right he can't touch it it's a lead kind of thing yes right? yes mm-hmm. and gary uh, is not officially allowed to get in the water but he saw the symptoms in me mm. of hypothermia and yeah. he wanted to make sure that i'm okay because that's where the experience comes yes, in yes exactly yeah. that's where the experience comes in mm. and around 13 hours i just it just had in me that i have to see up where am i like where am i right now mm-hmm. and i lift my head up and i see the finish uh, point i ah, see a lighthouse that that that's, that's what you should not do not the do. mirage thing right yes i literally see the lighthouse i'll see the finish everything and blacked out wow completely blacked out and so you started going down uh so i don't remember anything <laughs> oh you go you went unconscious yes i was completely unconscious so what was happened what happened was this what was uh, what i was explained was gary was asking me my name once i lift my head up and i was floating and <clears throat> i wasn't replying and i remember listening to him asking me my name but i was not able to give him back to him like response was, response was not there and I, it's just like i was not really like i know my name I'm having trouble telling him my name now. Mm-hmm. I know my name is Shubham, but how? Like, why am I not able to tell him? And wow. I suddenly sink in. Ooh. In fractions of a second, and he just pulled me by my. He just grabbed me by my arm, and he just somehow managed to pull me out. Because once you're gone in that sea, it's not. It's impossible to. It's very find. deep. It's very deep. Yeah, it literally just take you away. It's not. Wow. possible to find a body. almost on the brink of yeah going down he was very lucky that day and mm. they pulled me out i think under the 30 minutes i would have finished the swim and i woke wow. up yeah just fire. at the front, front of the victory yes, and you go down yes, yes. it was it was a very brutal day and i was pulled out of water and 
I was luckily I was shivering. My body was gaining heat. Mm. Unlike Attila, Attila was so on. Your body was un- <laughs> unconscious and you were shivering. Yes. Wow. Because it body was trying to generate heat. Mm-hmm. Shivering is kind of generating yeah, yeah, heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they, that's why they didn't call in emergency chopper or anything. Mm. Attila wasn't shivering. Oh. Yes. He was cold. He was completely cold. He was pale. Wow. Like he was pulled out. He needed an emergency care. So your drivers and the crew must have been experienced yes, to yes. know. Yes, yes. So ba- Brian is the first guy to start the North Channel. He's one of the first guys. He's very mm-hmm. old. And he, he looked after me like a father when wow. I was in Ireland. And yeah, so we did try to go again for the swim. Mm-hmm. And um, we, so Ruth, who I met a week ago, she asked me to stay with her for mm-hmm. a month. And we were like, I was like, she's like, don't have to worry about the, the observer cost. you said. No, the, my crew member. The crew member, okay. Yeah, she, uh, she was like, you can stay with me, you can train, and we'll die again. Mm-hmm. And my family was really panicking over here. Wow, nobody and was there. Yeah, and nobody was there, something like this happens. And you told me the Facebook feed was going on, right? So yeah, and it stopped. <laughs> and then they get Must this be horrific for them. It huh? was horrific for everyone. Mm-hmm. And but I was like, I have to do this again. Because I was, I knew I have it in me mm-hmm. to do it. Uh, it's just that we didn't get the time again. Like, we didn't get the uh, right uh, climate. Correct. There, not a single swim happened after, like... After that day? No, actually it happened, but my slot was next month. Another ah. slot. And the pilot wanted they wanted me to swim so bad that he was like, please, like, I have to, you have have to, to do try. Yeah, it was very close. It was just that, it was the worst of the weather I've seen till date. Mm-hmm. Still, you made it through so far. Like, mm-hmm. you have it in you to do it. And it, um, yeah, I am aiming for that next year now. Yeah. You are aiming for that next yes, year? Yes, yes. Wow. I have my plans set up. We are, we are looking for sponsorships. We are like really building it up now. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm pretty confident about the swim for next year. For mm-hmm. the I'm trying That's to get great. dates and everything. Yeah, good luck for that. Thank you, thanks a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so... But that wasn't the stopping point for me. I did a lot of swims after that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like end of the world for me. It was just a new beginning. Mm-hmm. And it, I went on for the swims. I, I think failures make you stronger. Yeah, it, it definitely just make me stronger. just made me stronger and made me a better swimmer. and made mm-hmm. a human being in general. Yeah. It just, Appreciate yeah, life I was, more. Yeah, I was appreciating life more. I was still a little uh, off like I was earlier. I can still go through that again. but um, yeah it never stopped me it never put that doubt in me Mm. I was always like yes I don't mind risking it all again and yeah so it never was like a descending point for me in Mm. my life it was just uphill from there also and which was the most serene or beautiful swim which you did in your entire career as of now so believe me all the swims are pretty all this are pretty. pretty. They, they are pretty. They, there comes a point where you are just right in between this tree and you just can't help it to wonder how pretty it is. Mm. Imagine being all by yourself mm. in the water, out there in the ocean and you are just like, it's, it's an amazing feeling. The movie Life of Pi. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. And uh, so something like that happened and I was swimming Catalina. At Catalina. night, yeah, Catalina Channel at night, mm-hmm. and it's in the Pacific Ocean mm-hmm. from San Catalina Island to the mainland. Right, and uh, we start with the swim at night, and s- swim starts at 10 p.m., mm-hmm. which is like a complete night swim. We finish in the morning. 
So it, most of the time we are spending is in at night. Mm-hmm. And after the start of the film, there came a point where the weather kind of settled, like settled it down, and it was flat for a while. And then I just looked up and I saw everything is black. There's some moonlight, so by, there's no light on the boat also. Mm-hmm. There's just glow sticks on the boat everywhere. Right. And I was just I couldn't stop seeing that, and there was. A bioluminous planets all over the place. They lit Just, up. They lit up. Oh wow! And it was so dreamy. Pretty. Yes, yes, yes. It was very dreamy, and so there are certain uh, such small, small things which, yeah. which from each swim you get yeah, some glimpse exactly. of the beauty. So it's not only about like how rough the open water swim is, but it's very pretty. That's mm-hmm. that's the reason. For everyone being so attracted to open water swimming, it's mm-hmm. just very addictive to be in that zone of adrenaline and that pretty scenarios and the community. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, you are like going to hit try to uh, hit that swim again, the North yeah. Channel, which you failed. Yeah, yeah. right. So uh, you said you are going to get sponsorships. So yeah. how you plan to get the sponsorships and what is the process there? So um, right now I'm trying to get in touch with MNCs and corporate uh, companies, mm-hmm. and in a, so in the terms of cross promotion, right? Any company which is out there in those areas, mm-hmm. we would be promoting that through social media, through our websites, in collaborations, in collaborations, and it there is a cause for this swim. Mm-hmm. This swim is just not a swim, but there's a cause behind it. to spread out a message mm-hmm. and to to tell out the world it's possible for everyone to achieve something big like this yeah even, even if, if you, you have learning, learning disability or anything yeah. you can do it mm-hmm. so we are looking forward to sponsorships and my swim would be next year mm-hmm. and we are working on it from now itself wow that's that's amazing and is there any uh, any advice you would like to give the young aspiring uh, swimmers who are trying to make it towards the open water swims any bullet points you want to give see uh, not only open water swims but in any sports once you are entering you have to have a lot of patience mm-hmm. believe me I'm, i'm a kid who kind of didn't have any medals for first four to five years yeah i was a kid who used to just have a participation certificate all this thing you see it was nothing mm-hmm. there used to be just participation certificates in my field and i was happy with that yeah and so there has to be a lot of patience there it will click at some point in mm-hmm. life at some point it will be like um, that patience will pay off yeah so yes uh, the major thing i can tell all the kids out there that you have to be patient and you have to put in the efforts and grind every day mm-hmm. in order to really succeed in life me i i personally had like uh, i was fortunate enough to have parents who had a lot of patience on me right and i was able to sustain for so long mm-hmm. and you will emerge as a hero if you if you are able to sustain for so long right yeah this is one of the key factors that every other young swimmer or an athlete needs to keep in mind patience patience is the key is the key yeah. yes wow one bullet point but still yeah. <laughs> that's the total advice you need so you also hold a limca book record uh, so can you tell a little more about that as well yes yes that's an insane story um so if you see uh, look at the dates i have swam <coughs> english channel of 4th of august mm-hmm. i swam the state of gibraltar on 14th of august 
Oh wow. So it's like just a 10 days of gap in between. So what, hap- what happened actually was I um, we swam the English channel. I was completely destroyed after the English channel. Mm-hmm. Destroyed to a level where I was not able to lift my arms to eat. So my mom was feeding me and I had troubles getting off the bed or just even like doing things. And every limb was destroyed. Every limb was destroyed. Believe me, I was in a terrible condition. Because I gave everything the body had in me. It mm-hmm. was at the verge of just breaking down that at that level. Mm-hmm. So after the swim, we wait for two days and we messaged uh, Rafael on the bail. Yeah. We finally successfully finished the swim mm-hmm. and we are ready for the swim. And my date for Gibraltar, the slot was from 20th of August, 18th or 20th of August to 26th, 27th of August. Mm-hmm. So Gibraltar is very famous for the winds and the crazy currents coming in. Mm-hmm. So we get a reply back that come uh, to Tarifa <coughs> before 15th of August. Oh. Prepond your tickets and come before 15th of August. And <coughs> we were like, wait, what? It's not uh, possible. Like 15th of August is not possible. But he was very adamant that because the weather is going crazy. Mm-hmm. After 15th, there's a huge wind going to come in. Mm-hmm. Which will be which will make the swim near to the near to impossible. Right. So please try to come before fifteen. We look at our visas, and we see the visa starts on fourteenth of August. As like fourteenth of August, we have to travel all the way to Spain, and how am I gonna manage like mm. the swim on fifteenth? So no time to acclimatize. No time. To, so we didn't need need acclimatizing mm-hmm. because it was little warmer than the English Channel. Ah, okay. I had already done the English Channel, and I was like. We go like, okay, fine. We'll take a call. We traveled all the way from Dover. Mm-hmm. It took us 10 hours to reach Malaga Airport. 10 hours in the sense, traveling from the taxi to the flight, flight to Spain. And from Malaga, uh, we were supposed to go to Tarifa via taxi. The moment we reached the Malaga Airport, the we called Rafael and Rafael asked him where to come. Now, we don't have a place to stay. Mm-hmm. So, we are booked around, I think, 3-4 days after that and for the staying so we call uh, him and he's like gives a phone to the cabbie he t- gives a phone to the cabbie and the cabbie he gets the address he speaks in spanish something yeah. and we are going 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 and we reach on the docks oh of the swim we reach at the starting point of the swim <laughs> and we get off from the cab and he's like chop chop we have to go go now Oh my god, in directly. Top, yeah, in, I think in some hours, in few hours, the weather is going to turn, the wind is coming in, we can see it on the forecast. Mm-hmm. You have to start to swim now, or else it will be too, like it will be delayed, it will be delayed by crazy days. So many days. So many days. Mm-hmm. So, wait, what? I haven't eaten anything for the last 10 to 12 hours. I've been wow. traveling. And how am I supposed to do that? At that point, I was really furious. And he's like, I'll get you anything you need. Tell me, you need water, you need water. I just, just give me the banana and water. So he just puts the bag in the boat. He asked me to grease up. So we apply grease on the friction area so that yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. the skin doesn't rub. To avoid chafing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was applying grease and I was having a banana. And I'm so furious at that point. And then my dad comes to me and he's like, so we have a deal over here that you have to either swim the fastest English, uh, fastest state of Gibraltar, like, swim the f- uh, as fast as you can swim and make an Asian record or 
finish and if you don't make an Asian record, we'll swim back. So you'll be the first Asian to ever swim two-way straight of Gibraltar. Mm. I was oh. like, no way I'm swimming back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll rather swim already one way. I've already started. No way I'm swimming. I'll rather swim as fast as I can and finish off with the Asian record. Yeah. And so one thing that helped me most was my counseling sessions. So mm. I was been taught to channelize my anger in a constructive way rather than destructive way. There was a perfect example given to me by my counsellor, Zilidin Zidane, hmm. for the finals of FIFA. And he gave a headbutt. Yeah. His anger was used in a destructive way. They lost the match. Right. Whereas, uh, Yuraj Singh was um, sledged or what we call it. Like, he was being abused or whatever it was. Yeah. And he gave six sixes. Right. His anger was used in a constructive way. That had a major impact in my life. And at that point, I was thinking Stuart about Broad, that. right? Six yes. sixes. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay. I was like, okay, I have to focus this in one direction. Mm-hmm. And I just put my head down. I started swimming like a madman. Because that everything just rushed in. I forgot how fatigued I was after the swim. I forgot. Rush I, of adrenaline. Yeah, the rush of adrenaline was next level at that mm-hmm. point. I started to swim. I was one hour feet that I was like, I used to swim uh, half feet per hour, every hour. I took my first feed, very quick, give it back, stretch my arms, start swimming. Second feed, give it back, start swimming. And so I'm what is the difference between two feeds usually? One hour. One I was, hour. Yeah, I should feed on every hour. Hmm. So, depends from the swim to swim. Sometimes I, I feel like 45 minutes. So, you don't minutes. get hyd- dehydrated as, as soon? So, no. One hour is, 45 minutes is something which because is recommended. Because in running usually... Even every 20 minutes you get oh, okay, to okay, hydrate. Okay. So in swimming, it's so probably we don't a little different. So we don't sweat that much yeah, yeah, yeah. while swimming. Because you are in already yes, in water. Yes, we are already in water. So, and it's already cold climate. Mm-hmm. So we don't sweat that much. So yeah. 45 minutes to 1 hour is a good time for us. I prefer 1 hour because it prolongs yeah, longer. It, it's yeah. as per your body. Yes. And so first hour feed, quick feed, start swimming. Second hour, quick feed, start swimming. Third hour and the record was three hours twenty minutes in one. Like I knew it, and it was three hours twenty minutes. And I'm wondering why am I not getting feed now? It's I think I have passed three hours now. Yeah. And I like I just stop and like feed. I just say, he then dad like okay you're not getting any feed now. You are very close to the Asian record. You have to just swim. Feed will waste your time. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Just let me stretch. Whoa. I stretch again. I gear up and I just go crazy in. And around 3 hours, 16 minutes, I finished the swim and it was an Asian record. Just wow. by 4 minutes. Wow. Yeah. It was one of the fastest swim I've ever done. But one of the most rewarding swims ever in my life. And the Tarifa scenery. It's yeah, beautiful. it's beautiful. Like, after the finish... I remember I could I was just not able I was not ready to get out because I could see like the laurels and the clownfish and everything underneath mm-hmm. it was very pretty it was very pretty wow amazing yeah. <laughs> but that's what the thing is like that's what I keep saying that you don't need the perfect conditions to make it big mm-hmm. you have to do with what you have you have to do it with all your willpower and you can achieve great. I didn't have any perfect conditions during my uh, Gibraltar swim, but yet I was able to make an Asian record because I had visualized myself to make an Asian record. I had prepared myself to make an Asian record. I knew it in my head that I have to do it. There is no do and die. It's just do. I have to finish it off. Yeah. 
and that's that's what, that's what I did. Do, yeah, that's what I did. So you, before the swims, uh, do you do any visualization practice or something like that to like prepare yourself? It happens on every training session. Mm-hmm. So every training session, I kind of between the sessions, I imagine how the swim would be. Yeah. And um, I try to avoid negative thoughts because visualization can turn. good and bad also yeah yeah sometimes if you are in a bad mood and you visualize you try to wish you you can't stop your brain from thinking yeah. and at times you visualize wrong things mm-hmm. so i try to think less and i try to when i'm in good mood i try to visualize more and usually uh, while swimming i am all over the place believe me so that makes my swims easier for me because yeah, yeah. i don't focus so much yeah, yeah. i don't think about the swim so much usually it just goes off time goes off like this for me because there all is in a snap you are in a snap yeah time. yeah it's like that i don't realize the time passed by also mm, yeah, after 3 yeah. 4 hours i don't realize in what hour i am right now yeah, i mean when you are doing something you love really love and yeah, passionate yeah, yeah. about so you yeah. don't But honestly it's this is from every open water swimmer after four hours they start hating the swim <laughs> <laughs> they just start hating the swim after yeah. third or fourth hour, your like, body starts screaming yes they every swimmer at that point screams that why am i doing this <laughs> i can just sit and chill in my house why yeah. am i doing this yeah. but that's to the glory of like the glory is something which makes us to do cut, it again cut it and through again. that yes yes yeah. all right so coming to some personal questions now yeah um, How does your typical day look like uh, in normal days? Um, it's usually lot of swimming, and um, so I wake up early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Right now, the schedule is pretty much five thirty or five a.m. wake up and go for swim six a.m. swim. Six a.m. swim. Yeah, but I go little before that. so that i can do my some rehab work and yeah warm up and everything and then get in the water mind preparation <coughs> uh not exactly mind preparation i don't like to rush in the water yeah i take my time mm. yeah. so rather than making my coach <laughs> wait then he'll be furious i go early take my time and then get in the water when he asks us to get in the water yeah and usually that's how my day starts after training i I am actually working in a firm for just to get experience in a logistic firm, mm-hmm. and we are just working on that. And after, I I go there for two hours. Mm-hmm. After that, I go to the gym. Mm-hmm. I do my gym work and then get back home, sleep, read some books, and before then, just before sleeping you do yeah, the reading. Yeah, just before sleeping. bedtime reading. Yeah, not exactly bedtime. It's more of. Um, educational books then the okay. story books mm-hmm. and after that i evening again 6 o'clock practice mm-hmm. and it sometimes the practice lasts for like 3 hours or 2 hours mainly 2 to 3 hours and but when they are long swims it lasts for long it goes yeah. like 4 5 6 hours but right now it's morning and evening practice 2 mm-hmm. 3 hours 2 3 hours in the evening mm-hmm. yeah that's how my typical day is and lot of food lot of carbs so how do you plan that nutrition part so is it like you are on some specific diet or uh, do you just use homely foods how how does your nutrition looks like so believe me when i say i am in individual sports uh, individual sport i have a huge team so my team consists of 
a psychologist like i mentioned earlier shubhangi ma'am mm-hmm. my team consists of a nutritionist mm-hmm. which is uh, anuja ma'am mm-hmm. anuja patel and then my team also consists of a uh, physiotherapy and physiotherapist is shweta ma'am and kiran sir and dr kiran and there is called physiokinesis physiokinesis yes and then i have a pathology lab which takes my blood test on and off and to just see if something is what's what's happening with my body yeah. if there is some inflammation in the body if i have some de- deficiency in vitamins or something like that what is physiokinesis so physiokinesis is a sports rehab center a sports uh, physiotherapy center mm-hmm. where they do a lot of things from working on your injuries to making you better mm-hmm. so my shoulder injury they have been one of the really um the what we call the force to get it better mm-hmm. so i i have major shoulder injuries and i have to go to them on and off to get yeah. it released or get it in so my scapula gets weakened at times so we do needling on that okay. to open up needle work yes mm-hmm. and they look after anything like any basic small injuries i have they are the ones who, to take care of it mm-hmm. they give me certain exercises All and right. it's in thane actually mm-hmm. and so pathology team so pathology team takes the blood test and then talks to the nutritionist it's a complete teamwork so they are all in sync with each other so nutrition is planned around all that yes yes and they know all they all know each other they talk to each other about me so they know where i am and what i am going to do my coach and everyone are in sync mm-hmm. so it it completely comes together mm-hmm. and makes me as a product like i think i said this in the book launch we had that every athlete is a sculpture and everyone who's supporting it it is an artist who's who sculpting are car- carving yes it. it's who are carving the athlete wow so they are all the artists behind it mm-hmm. and like my parents and everyone are the artists behind it even for instance you who are supporting me by spreading this message out mm-hmm. this kind of an artist who's sculpting in sculpting me yeah. so it's not all my work it's actually a major team work that's right. happening Mm-hmm. so yeah so nutritionist kind of plans it around it and it's it's good that she also looks at it from a psycholo- psychology point of view yeah that what food fits me like uh, or if i'm having a sweet craving how do i deal with it mm-hmm. and she has to have um, connect with me like she ha- i have to connect with her if i'm off with the food if i'm not really okay with something so she makes the adjustments yeah, yeah. so uh, do you follow any specific mindfulness or rather meditation practices no. um so the thing is my uh, counselor told me that i often follow this that you need at least minimum 1 hour of day okay alone with yourself where you can disconnect from everyone everyone completely everyone no gadgets no one anybody around you you sleep or you either be with yourself just don't worry not reading also mm-hmm. just meditate no consumption no of consumption things. of anything just be with yourself like people often at this point imagine how much time do people spend without the gadget right now like it's like uh, creatures yeah. consuming yeah. information so right now it's become like uh, so the thing i think i saw elon must talk about that that we have become cyborgs in a way what is cyborg True. it's a mixture of a man and a machine yeah and we have become cyborgs you are 10 times smarter with your mobile phone than without your mobile phone 
So it's like uh, a robot is attached to you all the time. Mm. So we have become a cyborg. Exactly. To be on the human side, we have to learn to detach ourselves from that. So yeah, I try to. So there are some good days, some bad days. So that I do that one hour. I stay with myself without anything around me, and as well as um, when the days are really bad, when I'm not performing or any kind of pressure I'm having, I usually don't go through that. But when I go through that, I make sure I'm meditating. Mm-hmm. Just close my eyes, just meditate, and that has shown a lot of effects in my life. It good effects, yeah. Just, just contrary to that, the the thing which you said, uh, humans are becoming cyborgs. Yes. So. Are there any specific gadgets and apps which you use to make yourself more uh, useful? Useful? Um, yes. So one more thing. So what I do is, I on the free times I usually go watch podcast. Mm-hmm. I usually go watch something which would educate myself. Mm-hmm. Rather than so, what happens is for escaping, what humans do is go watch some serials mm-hmm. or go watch something. which just escapes you from the reality probably some facebook feed facebook feed yes exactly but the moment you get back to reality reality hits you hard mm. if you use that time to educate yourself True. the reality will be more, much more pleasant when you come back to it mm. so if i'm driving i'm usually on the podcast i'm listening to someone or the other mm-hmm. and so i use lot of podcast any any and specific yes. podcast which comes to mind which you listen to um i like joe rogan Yeah, yeah, I like your podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And yeah, I like Jay Shetty's podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is he's brilliant. Blown up. Yes, yes, <laughs> like he's, anything. He's crazy. He's crazy. Yeah. Like, and yeah, it's like I remember uh, something related to this only that he says he was been asked how is is the uh, is the new innovations bad for you? Is mobile bad for you? Is is social media bad for you? He goes like, if you see this cup. it can be either filled with water or it can be filled with poison mm. is up to you what you fill it with true so it can either be poison or water so it's like a it's like a gadget which can, you can use for a good purpose or you can use for a bad purpose i use lot of google calendar mm. because i have trouble remembering things yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i need to have google calendar for this interview i had my google calendar on point like mm-hmm. okay at this point at this time i have this uh, interview to do right and yes google calendar is one of the useful things i'm using and mm, other than that lot of podcast and youtube for my benefits only learning learning yes and, and for swimming what gadget you use i mean any watch or uh, any gadget no not really i'm so i prefer because out there i'm not going to get any gadget with me yeah, so true. you when you train you always try to replicate what you're going to do out there in the race in the race or in the long swims yeah. so you have to just replicate it so i try to be with myself mm-hmm. and just swim because the the thing that kills you is the boredom of the swim right the board the boredom is more dangerous than it looks so you have to train for the boredom as well yes yes so be with so if you can if you don't have problem being alone with yourself without any gadget you'll yeah. be able to do the swim you'll be just fine yeah i i had this swimming uh, and my coach gifted me for doing really good swim once and he gifted me a swim p3 so it's just uh, yeah uh, swimming pots 
mm-hmm. which which are fixed outside the ears, which uses the ear uh, noise induction thing. Yeah, the bone. Bone induction. induction. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. And I used to listen to songs while swimming. Wow. Yeah, it was an amazing. This was the best gift he ever gave me. Wow. By the way, my coach's name is Gokul Kamath. Yeah. yeah. So he did that, and it's like I used it for a while, mm-hmm. and it was long ago, long ago. I think before my open water swims, it was, and but. Um, yeah after that i stopped using any gadgets with me yeah mm. all right and uh, can you name a person uh, who has had a big impact on your life maybe like uh, your any of your coach or a mentor yeah um every single person i have had major impacts actually but my parents have had major impact on me mm-hmm. for showing the patience for showing that confidence in me because um they had the confidence in me when no one had it so i'm very much grateful to that because yeah back then who would have supported me no one who no one saw the potential in me rather than my dad and my mom they always saw the potential in me my my dad maybe it was because of being from the sports background they stayed knew how to see the potential in a kid either it can be in sports or studies or anything my dad it's himself is a coach my dad is a national volleyball player my wow. mother is a national kabaddi player my sister is a national swimmer wow and so the family of yes it's uh, we are all athletes yeah athletes. <laughs> so the entire the dynamics of this family is kind of different everyone is pretty uh, fitness conscious i think that is the reason they are able to support you yes, in a yes, different way exactly. than your parents yes right? and yeah and my dad always taught me this thing that don't play to win don't play a sport to just win play a sport because you like it sport is not meant to compete it's meant to be like to develop a personality that's the main cause of a sport people to enjoy have the to, process to enjoy the process yes sports. it's not necessary to play a sport full fledgedly just mm-hmm. to compete mm-hmm. because that's what's happening in india people play to win people play have you seen a normal person the office going person ever just uh, like just do sport for his fun there there are very few it's either yeah. the gym it's either the, anything else but there are very few who are ready to do marathons right the the point the, the people are very less and no one is doing a recreational sport no one is playing volleyball at full fledgedly to like competitive yeah level. yeah exactly mm-hmm. so we need to learn to uh, learn like to enjoy the sport we have forgot to enjoy the sport mm-hmm. that's what he taught me So and the parents are the major yes, motivators. Yes. True. All right. So what do you think about uh, social media right now and the impact of social media um, to you as an individual? It's great. Social media is good for you. Like I won't say social media is bad for you. It's it's driving you away from the reality. It depends. Always depends. On yeah, as you, you said. Like, yeah, as I said it earlier. You need to pick what where you want yes, to go. Yes, exactly. You can like so like earlier. Remember, <coughs> we used to talk and we used to be uh, parents used to make sure we are away from uh, certain kind of people. Mm-hmm. Used to be like, don't try to get the negative points from them. Yeah. So when you hang out with someone, it's up to you whether you take the positive points or do you take the negative points. Right. So it seems like social media, like. whether you take use it for your benefit or you use it for something else mm-hmm. but yeah it depends on you you can't blame the social media for your laziness or your relaxing being relaxing yeah so 
I would say social media has had good impact on me, mm-hmm. and that's how I've been working on, and it's helped me reach a lot of people. So it, yeah, it makes the world smaller. More smaller, yeah. You're connecting with a lot of people. You are trying to spread out message. It's become easier for me to spread out my message than it would have been without the social media. Mm-hmm. Imagine me trying to tell out the like say it out to the world that. this message which i have been spreading of learning disability without a social media mm-hmm. how difficult would it make true right now it's connected to everyone my students are connected to everyone mm-hmm. people can track me all the time mm-hmm. so it's it's brought a brought us closer true so coming back to a funny question what under 5000 rupees purchase you have recently made uh, which might have given you joy or maybe happiness okay like i said it earlier um, Nothing <coughs> can give me joy as much as food can give me joy. <laughs> <laughs> so omelet pav, then yeah, chicken, chicken lollipop. Yeah. What so next? I, I think I spent a lot on food. A mm-hmm. lot on food. Yes, I do maintain my diet. Like I'm telling out to my dietitian, I do maintain my diet. But uh, on the cheat days, I spent a lot on food. Mm-hmm. So I something I'm very much intrigued by, and I love it the most is sushi. Sushi. Yeah, okay. It's, it's something on top of my list. Like <laughs> I have to try every single sushi place in Mumbai, which I have actually done. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have. Been so, which is the best place in Mumbai uh, for sushi? I think Jia Oriental was a really good sushi. Where and, Where is that? Uh, Jia Oriental is Kolaba. Okay. Yeah, and I think Kofuku is all in Bandra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these two places are like to go for sushi. So you have spent the five thousand. I mean, maybe Probably, less. Probably, yeah. I'm not sure. Like <laughs> for a sushi. Yeah, sushi, yes. I'm like all sold. If you can buy me sushi, I'm all sold. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, any any book uh, that might be coming to your mind which you want to recommend to people? Uh, yeah. So um, I did my BMS right, mm-hmm. and right now, yes, I'm learning business. BMS is about business and everything. so i prefer reading i have got books and i was with steve in san francisco and he gave this thought in my head of educating myself rather than educating myself for degree so rather than so, doing an mba mm-hmm. i am reading a book which connects me to mba wow so <laughs> i don't aim to do really a 9 to 5 job because with my lifestyle i can't you can't it. sustain yes. that yeah but why not educate myself if i want to be an entrepreneur if right. i want to build something of my like build something new so i'm educating myself with business so mm-hmm. one of the book he suggested me is the personal mba mm-hmm. so right now personal I'm, mba yeah the personal mba and it's one from jof kufman mm-hmm. yeah and selling to vito selling to vito vito yeah Mm-hmm. And right now I'm reading personal MBA, which is giving me an insight on applications of business and how you can run a successful startup or a business. Mm-hmm. And it it is very blunt. It it will just like if you if you have something in mind, it will give you a sucker punch in your face that nope, this is not gonna work, or yes, this will work. So True. it's kind of really helpful. So I'm educating myself more there rather than for a degree. I would mm-hmm. I would rather educate myself for my main business or something like right. that right uh, from that i remember uh, uh, the podcast which i very much listen to the tim ferris show oh yeah yeah so 
Tim uh, also mentioned he instead instead of going for an MBA, right? The money which he had uh, got from his parents or maybe he collected that mm-hmm. money, so he put it out uh, into business or stocks. Yeah. To gain from that, yes, and yes. instead of like doing MBA and then doing some job, yes, yes. So, so that that works yeah, out it's the it's kind of has become a theory also in a way that the amount you spend in MBA, and so MBA is all about business. Sure. At the same time, think how will you recover that amount? Yeah. How will you get that return in mm. like how will you get the money back? It's it's huge. If you want a good job, you have to do a uh, MBA from an Ivy League. Right. Yeah, do MBA from a, a big class A. Yeah, class college. A colleges, or or else it's not of any use. It's right. then at right. the end of yeah. the day, BMS and MBA would be the same. True. It would not much of an hike. Mm-hmm. So, I would rather educate myself, and I don't aim to do a nine to five job. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Great. Uh, and moving forward, uh, as you are doing this marathon swim, so what is the next challenge? is and apart from maybe swimming are you doing are you looking forward towards something more challenging maybe a entrepreneurial uh, side of things or maybe in swimming some more uh, challenging marathons hmm. swim marathons so yeah from a entrepreneurial point of view from the entrepreneurial side of view um, yes i am uh, right now learning that part like i told you i'm educating myself for mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. i have some things in my mind which i might implement in couple of months mm-hmm. but right now i would rather educate myself than go in rushing into it right because i can't afford to have any losses so yeah. i would rather right now just focus on focus. educating myself mm-hmm. by the books mm-hmm. not by colleges but by the books itself yeah. and from swimming point of view right now in few days i'll be flying to spain i'll be flying on 19th of june and i'll be doing this uh, Swim in Vigo. It's named Batla de Rande. Batla de Rande. Yes, and I will be doing that swim. It's a twenty-seven kilometer swim from mm-hmm. one island to another. And in Spain itself. Yes, mm-hmm. in Spain itself. So yeah, it's one of the challenging swims, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Yeah. And so finally, before we wrap up, uh, right. I thought. I should mention yeah. the book also. Like it's your book, but it's not written by you. It's like yes. a biography. It's like my book, but it's not my book. Yeah, <laughs> it's a biography by your yes. parents. Yes. Probably yes. it's like a guide. I uh, went through the book and I found it to be a guide rather than a book. Yes, yes. Uh, towards achieving ocean uh, swimming, like, yes. like the open water swimming. Yes. So can you talk a little bit more about this book? Yes. Yes. Sure. So this book um, is. basically a parents point of view a parents perspective on doing uh, of of on about on me as a kid and on something like how do you manage everything it gives the parents point of view on the financial aspects on the emotional aspects mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. uh, it's it's it was a diary it was a diary from my what my mom wrote and what my dad wrote then it was articulated in marathi which went crazy boom everyone loved it mm-hmm. and then we we chose to make it in english mm-hmm. and the whole purpose of the book was to like my message of spreading awareness and reduce like eliminating the taboo mm-hmm. on of learning disabilities learning disabilities mm-hmm. yes and in the parents especially mm-hmm. so it it's an amazing book for the parents they come to know that what is 
how to deal with your kid how to deal with certain things and it says one message be patient and everything will give you like it will come to you mm-hmm. it will universe will bring it to you and so this book has the insight of that as well as it's a guidance for a lot of open water swimmers mm-hmm. who want to go for english channel mm-hmm. who want to go for catlin or who want to go for gibraltar yeah i think yes. uh, there is a lot of information in the exactly. end which i mean it's uh, very important it's yes, the yes. nitty gritty stuff which yes, the numbers and everything if you, somebody wants to uh, yes, go ahead for exactly. the english channel or maybe the state of gibraltar or yes. catalina yeah yes. that's it's, amazing yeah it's it's in a way it's promoting the sport mm-hmm. it's 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 my way of giving back to the community yeah it's my way of giving back i have got a lot from the community mm-hmm. they have given a lot of love i've got a lot of support mm-hmm. and it's all been positive till date yeah and tachur it has been more positive and it's it's a way of giving back because once you get back you have to give back to the community true true this is a way of me giving back mm-hmm. then um me going giving a talks is a way of me giving back to the community mm-hmm. this is not for our personal gain it's rather for spreading awareness mm-hmm. spreading the message giving back to the community itself yes yeah. and as well as it's to get open water swimming globally to india also mm-hmm. so we i am trying to get us on the get mumbai on the global map mm-hmm. because we have a lot of misconceptions on mumbai outside and i'm trying to bring people over here to swim dharampur to gateway mm-hmm. and uh, i forgot to mention this that i made uh, like there is a hall of fame swimmer called ned tennison mm-hmm. and he has swam i think 60 to 70 it's i think 48 if i'm not wrong sorry if i'm wrong but i think around 48 uh, international open water swims wow. marathon swims he is amazing guy and he swam from dharampur to gateway he organizes a world open water swimming camp in cork in ireland i was mm-hmm. a part of it in 2017 mm-hmm. and he i think 2016 i was a part of it 2016 yeah mm-hmm. and it's a 9 days camp where all the swimmers from world come in together mm-hmm. and like top swimmers and it's there very limited spots and from the swimmer who wants to swim the english channel from to a swimmer who has swam all or else has accomplished like he has mm-hmm. the world record holders atila was there everyone was there so it was a great bunch of group together and that's how like minded swimmers like minded swimmers coming together mm-hmm. exactly True. and i i challenged him is a very is a fun guy and i challenged him why don't you come to mumbai and do the dharmtar to yes gateway swim yes and he did we come to you we we manage the cold and everything yeah try coming in some warm place for for a change yeah so he just said yes <laughs> he replied yes he's a spontaneous <laughs> guy he booked up a tickets and we booked this fly, this uh, permissions permissions yes, from the coastal permissions yeah, yeah, the coastal and everything guard. yes yeah. yes we did mm-hmm. that and then we made us successful he was fast he was the 60 year old and he is fast he is 60 years old yes wow is 60 years <laughs> he must be 6 4 huge giant giant yeah and he swam in he swam faster than me wow yes he swam it in 7 hours 51 minutes I such an inspiration yeah i swam it in 8 hours or something yeah i swam it in dot 8 hours mm-hmm. he swam it in 7 hours 51 minutes wow and fun i loved it i loved the swim and that was my way of getting people over here making mumbai um, something which it's something which is known for something else like it's known for slums it's known for yeah. dharavi mm-hmm. it's known for pollution 
but it should be known for its open water swimming also mumbai has produced lot of open water swimmers till date mm-hmm. and that's what i'm trying to spread my like spread message and he came here he saw flamingos he was surprised he's mm. like i have been to places just to see flamingos and i'm surprised to see it was the last thing on my list i would have ever like imagined Imagine to see i will see here yes and he saw flamingos he was shocked he was absolutely <laughs> shocked wow and yeah he's his perspective of mumbai and mumbai in general india changed mm. it came it, it was all it started from slum dog millionaire yeah to his like whoa Oh, flamingos and yes. the beauty. Yes, and it's like if we we have the riches of rich also. We have places that are completely contradictory to slum dog. The slum dog millionaire. Yes, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Whoa, this was an eye opener." Hmm. So yeah, Mumbai from I, another perspective. Another perspective. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great. So, uh, people go buy this book. Uh, this is available, uh, I think, on. Yes, Amazon it's it's available on Amazon it's mm. available on bookganga.com bookganga.com yes okay or else you can always uh, drop me a dm or mail me mm-hmm. or um, just drop me a dm will sure. also fine yeah mm-hmm. and i try to send it to you mm-hmm. so it was great talking to you shubham uh, where can people reach you i mean if you want to plug your socials yes yes so people can reach me on brown boy blue waters Mm-hmm. Uh, my Instagram handle or my Facebook, which is Shubham Anmali Brown Boy Blue Waters, and uh, my Twitter is Shubham underscore Anmali, or my YouTube channel Brown Boy Blue Waters. You can follow me there, and he's everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> Brown Boy Blue Waters. Yes. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so people <laughs> go and DM him on Twitter and Instagram and get this book. So all right, so I'll put all these good uh, stuff and links in the show notes of this episode. Uh, yes. And uh, thanks for sharing the amazing stories and uh, the swimming adventure and the whole different world of swimming to us. Yes. It was my pleasure. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Hey guys, this is Himanshu again. Now, before you move on, here's something I want to share with you. I have one weekly newsletter which is called Saturday Pentacle. You can think of it as a weekly one-page magazine for the curious minds where you'll find five awesome things which I've been pondering on in the last week. It may contain popular articles, blogs, photographs, Instagram posts, books, videos, products or thoughts. It's completely free. If you want to get it just go to himanshusasdeva.com that's my name himanshusasdeva.com and drop in your email you'll get the very next one i hope you enjoy it and thank you for listening